Hello. Hello and welcome to the Alternative Twats podcast with Brian. I haven't thought of an alliterative <laughs> name for you, Brian. It's been too long. And Ben. Brian and Ben. <laughs> that's, uh, that's who this, we is, are. this is the Alternative Twats podcast. Uh, so called because we're alternative. And. and <laughs> it's, it's certainly been too long. So we've been away for. Almost oh, a month. It's over a month. Over a month. Yeah. Um, so the, just for some context, the last time that we did a podcast was before the World Cup semi-final. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So a lot has lot has happened. So I shouted some things at some men that I'm very ashamed about. <laughs> <laughs> when don't you though? <laughs> um, yeah. Everything is exciting. I'm so excited to be back. We've been away. We're so sorry we've been away for so long. Um, not that anyone really cared that much. But, <laughs> um, we uh, Ben had some wisdom teeth out. I had a wisdom tooth out, and then I well, I'll save this for a story. But I had some technical problems. Yeah, technical problems. Uh, and I had some teeth surgery as well. So um, and we've just been busy boys. Yeah. So, but we're back. We've squeezed squeezed it in today. Mm. And actually, because of my wisdom tooth surgery, I've got a lot to say about a lot of content. Ooh. So uh, get ready for my opinions, my blistering opinions <laughs> on uh, Queer Eye and Bojack Horseman and things mm. like that. Exciting. Um, let's crack over the beer. I, I was going to so say, exciting. one of the things that we do on this podcast, because we, we've sort of forgotten what we do on this podcast, but we drink beer. So shout out to our friend Phoebe, uh, who's brought us the Frontier New Wave Craft Lager, which is a Fuller's Brewery, which is sort of like a... Like a big small brewery. Fuller, well, Fuller's isn't a small brewery. Well, like a small big brewery is what I was trying oh, to okay. say. Oh, okay, right. Because Fuller's do um, all sorts. <laughs> I can't think <laughs> of what's on my head. But uh, while you're thinking of that, can yeah. you just um, put your hands together, <laughs> sacrifice a goat, and pray silence for the crack? Oh, that was, that was moist. That was moist. And I finally got my nice tulip glass. Yes, he's finally fucking brought it with. Oh, oh listen to that. That's listen a nice that pour. Um, and on the nose, it is quite fruity. But like, with a with a certain mm. amount of... um, I don't know, there's a savoury edge to it. You mm. getting that savoury edge? Mm, I think so. Oh, we didn't read the story, did we? Oh, we need you to read the story. Um, Frontier is lager for long. Uh, sorry, Frontier is lagered for longer, using our traditional brewing techniques to craft a refreshing, flavoursome character. Uh, oh, that's a shit story. Yeah. Crafted to explore new territories in taste. That's about it. So, <laughs> new territories in taste makes it seem like you have to drink it through your ear. <laughs> Have you have you had a sip? I haven't had a sip. No, I'm going to go in for the first sip. That is fruity. That is very fruity. In a good way. And very, very crisp. I think it might be because it's lagered for so long, but it's very, very crisp on the tongue. Mm. I'm worried that it's going to disappear very, very quickly. <laughs> um, I'm just... Hang on, beers, here we go. Fuller's. Because I like a lot of Fuller's ones. Ah, I do like a lot of Fuller's ones. Um... So Fuller's do, uh, hang on, I'm trying to get the website, the website will fucking load. <laughs> um, 
But Fuller's is a good. I was thinking like, oh yeah, we're gonna have to make sure that we tag Fuller's in like when we post this on social media. I know you're like the fucking Fuller's <laughs> website <laughs> doesn't fucking work. No, Fuller's do like um like the have you ever had like Thirsty Ferret or oh yes like Golden um, Golden, Golden Badger Glory, Golden Glory oh yeah um but the Badger Some... ones are Fuller's as well I think but yeah I love all of them in fact I think Golden Glory is quite peachy. Is that Golden Glory? I think it's. I think so. It's, um, and that was one of the beers that I was where I was like, I like ales. <laughs> like Your first introduction. Ago. Yeah. Mm. So, should we jump straight in with what we've been listening to since we've been away? Yes. So I got a fucking plethora of things to talk about. Yeah, I can imagine. I just wanted to jump right in with um, the song that we listened to before we started the podcast just now, mm-hmm. uh, which is congratulations. Uh, by Superorganism. And Superorganism, we've talked about on the show so much, but they've sampled the bit from um, <laughs> School of Rock, where he's like, the man doesn't care about you. The man speech. Yeah, the man speech. He kidnapped Shamu and put him in a chlorine tank. <laughs> <laughs> which is, um, it's just magical, fantastic, and I love Superorganism. I mean, it, that song, you know that song's not by them, though, originally. It's a cover, right? What? I did not know that. Yeah, it's like, uh, is it like Drake or something? Triple J... I, I have no idea. Maybe it's true. I don't know. But it's... Yeah, it's, uh, uh, wow. it's, yeah, it's not, that's a cover. You can see how into mainstream music <laughs> I am. <laughs> but it's a good cover. He's a Canadian man. I know that about Drake. Hmm. And uh, is, yeah. in Canada, they have a law to try and prevent like an Americanization of their culture. Like where you, you have to... Um, play a certain percentage of Canadian artists on their radio. I like it. So uh, Justin Bieber and Drake are massive in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I um, Because you just have to play I, I like that. Also, big shout out to Canada. I don't know, I think this has happened since we last did the podcast as well, but they legalised recreational cannabis. Hooray! Um, yeah, the whole country. Seth Rogen is buzzing. He's Canadian. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that. And so... I will start way back to about a month ago mm-hmm. when we saw Hamilton. Oh my God, Hamilton. What a fucking show. That That is without a doubt the best show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like when we came out, I was like, it's definitely one of them, but no, it is the best. Mm. It, it, I can't stop listening to the soundtrack. Still. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal. Um, every single song gives me goosebumps when I listen to it. And I thought I was just cold in the in the theatre. I thought maybe it's because they turned the <laughs> they air have conditioning. They really up. good air conditioning. They have that really theater. good air conditioning. So, which is great because we were on like the top, sort of like right mm. up the top, and usually those areas are fucking hot in theatres. So it was nice. But but um the the songs the uh, choreography the story the story is, just is incredible, um, especially if you don't know anything about. Alexander Hamilton. I'm so glad that I didn't know anything about him. Yeah, me too. And I'm so glad I hadn't listened to the soundtrack or anything before mm. to see it. Um, so I suppose in that sense, that's an anti-recommendation of like, don't listen, <laughs> don't to, listen to the soundtrack. Just try and try and get it. tickets because obviously it's really hard. To get so tickets. see, I managed to get a ticket for my mum's birthday on a Thursday, Thursday matinee, which is like a ball lake to get to. But also if you can get a ticket, I'd definitely go for it. It's worth taking the time off work or whatever mm. for, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, like, just, like, there's, there's just so many fantastic things. And, like, I think my favourite, whichever favourite character? 
Oh, do I have a favourite character? Because after listening to the soundtrack however many times, I'm like, okay, I, no, I definitely do have a favourite character. I'm not sure that I do, no. I, like, Thomas Jefferson was just, because it it's <laughs> like, it's just fantastic. Because he's a, bit of an, bit, a little bit of an antagonist or whatever, mm. but the character is fucking great. So, yeah, no. Yeah, I did like George Washington, the rap battle. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> the rap battle with George Washington is, is incredible. Yeah. And that's the thing, I I keep thinking that I'm going to get bored of the soundtrack, and then I listen to it again, and I'm like, well, I just need to carry on listening. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so go and see Hamilton, folks. And also, you told me something about, apparently in the... Um, the English stage version, the main guy who plays Hamilton is better than the Broadway guy. Yeah, so like no... Like better at singing. Like, no offence to Lin-Manuel Miranda, but uh, the guy, like... So the singing, I guess, is for, from Lin-Manuel Miranda, like in the original soundtrack, is stylized deliberately and, you know, mm. it, it, it... And it's great. Like, after listening to the soundtrack so many times, I've forgotten what the, the stage guy sounded like anyway mm. so that's the normal one but like after like going to see it and then listening to the soundtrack I was like oh Lin-Man well Miranda is not as good a singer as that guy yeah <laughs> um but yeah now now I'm like yeah it's fine but, yeah so I, that was fantastic. all I wanted to say is definitely go and see the English version if you can don't be like oh I want to see it on Broadway fuck off mate yeah go it's on. gonna be the same yeah like and Lin-Man probably... Lin Miranda's not in it on Broadway anymore anyway, oh okay so, didn't know that um <clears throat> Yeah. So, so what else have you been listening to? Oh boy. So, <laughs> so uh, on my musical journey, so recently I switched from an iPhone to an Android. Yes. Which was which is a life changing experience, and I'm very much enjoying it. Um, I got a Google Pixel two, and it's fantastic. But in that transition, I also switched from Apple Music to Spotify, which I also support. Um, but I do I what day? What's the date today? Is it like the eighteenth? It's the eighteenth, is it? Yeah. So I still have Apple Music for now so which means I can still check on the things I've been listening to from Apple Music because the thing that Apple Music has that Spotify doesn't is it it opens with your recently added mm. so all the things you're listening to at the moment basically are just there on your homepage where I, do, I don't have that for Spotify now which is a little bit like of a bummer but that's like the only downside so you had new music from 21 Pilots uh, Jumpsuit Nico and the Niners and Levitate they're all fucking great songs um, new music from Childish Gambino, The Summer Pack, which is Summertime Magic and Feels Like Summer, both great songs. Uh, the song Velvet Elvis by Casey Musgraves is a fucking banger. Um, I'm listening to a lot of country music at the moment as well. Uh, so Earthly Days, the album by William Prince, is fantastic because there's a song Breathless, which has been getting a lot of airtime on the radio and stuff lately. Mm. Uh, and that's pretty good. And the whole album is fantastic. I've listened to a lot of Kings of Leon as well because... We're seeing them next week. Well, I will be. Yeah, I won't be. I'm seeing the slaves. Oh, I'm, so I'm seeing slaves, not the slaves. Yeah, I was gonna say that. The slaves is the band that my dad bought a ticket to <laughs> for like eight pounds, and it wasn't slaves. It was yeah. the slaves. Like, I really want to see slaves. I just feel like Kings of Leon will be the best show. That's all. So, just for context, me and Brian and sports correspondent Dan are going to Reading Festival next week. And a lot of other people. And a lot of other yeah. We're not we're not the only people. We're not not just the three of us, I mean like we're going as a big group with some friends, but um yeah, and Kings of Leon. And Dan yeah, Dan's actually 
been wanting to see Kings of Leon like his entire life. So I think mm. that was like the big pull for him to come to us. Um, but the most exciting, okay, so also Catherine McGrath, her album Talk of This Town uh, came out recently and it's great. It's a great country album. If you like early Taylor Swift and you don't like the fact that Taylor Swift has gone very poppy and you're like, oh man, I miss the old Taylor Swift where she was like country. Listen to Catherine McGrath because she's very much just like that, and it's it's a really great album. Panic at the Disco's new album, Pray for the Wicked, is great, fucking fantastic, and that we'll be seeing Panic at the Disco a week today. We will. That's very exciting. So we're recording this on Saturday. This won't be out until Sunday, obviously. Um, Robin is back. Like, yeah, I I can't remember what she sings, but I do recognize the name and think, yes, she's good. The, at music. the most famous thing that she sung on for me was uh with every heartbeat like that's uh, another yeah. song featuring her i think another artist featuring her but um yeah her new song missing you is fucking great and it's like she hasn't changed her style much mm. so like from the it's still ve- like very much a 90s piece of like electronic and it's just great yeah um and def Vanna's new album rituals which is pretty good i haven't listened to it an awful lot but it's out it's a song. Um, but the most exciting thing. Uh, there's two bands, most excitingly. One of them is Pale Waves. I'm very excited about their new music. Their new album comes out on September the 14th, which is my birthday. <laughs> so that's a fucking great birthday present. Uh, but they've released two new songs since we've last been on, I think. So you had 18, which is... Which I do, I, li- I like very much. Yep, and Black. Now, which I have not listened to. It's, it's good. So they... They've been performing, like, Black is an old song that they used to call You Don't Love Us Anymore, and they've changed it, they've changed the name of it to Black, but it's the same song. Um, and I've seen them play it live, like, a bunch of times, because they always used to play it. They used to play, like, all of their old songs that I d- didn't know before. Like, all their old songs that they don't, didn't have a release studio version of. They used to play them live all the time anyway, and now they're gradually releasing them. Mm. Um, and then they've got the album, obviously, coming soon as well. So that's really exciting, and Pale Waves' music is fantastic, and I'm very gutted. Again, I'm going to miss them at Reading next week as well. Who are you missing them for? Dua Lipa. Oh, yeah. Like, Dua Lipa is going to put on a fantastic performance uh, on the main stage, and Pale Waves are on the Festival Republic stage, which is like a small stage with not a ton of atmosphere mm. for a, a stage. So that's why I'm kind of like, mm, going to see Dua Lipa, which sucks, because I want to see Pale Waves, but... The thing is, with someone like Dua Lipa, like, she's just blowing up and up and up and up, and... This might be the last time to see her. This will be the last time you see her at a festival, other than Glastonbury, maybe, but mm. she's not headlining. Um, she'll have one of the biggest crowds there that day, I think. Um, so, it's going to be good. And the uh, second album that you're going to talk about? The 1975. Okay, I thought you were going to talk about Slaves. Oh, oh, that's okay. I was, hold off on the 1975 for a second. Slaves' new album. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about Slaves' new album. The Lives They Wish They Had, which is about like social media mm. uh, and like living for an image rather than living for yourself. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Acts of Fear and Love as well, which is the last song on the album, mm. is also equally fantastic. And but my favourite song on the album is Magnolia. Because it opens with, did you know that 65% of UK homes have at least one magnolia wall? And I'm looking around my house and I'm like, shit, do, I have a, do we have a magnolia yeah, wall I, in my house? Yeah, I don't think I do. Because I reckon that's a true statistic. 
I'm not sure that it is, but it sounds very true. I reckon it is. I gen- genuinely, I think that's probably true. We'll have to Google it after we'll, the podcast. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. Um, <coughs> sorry. I've got a bit of a sore throat at the moment, which probably comes through. <laughs> I think it's, it's notice- <laughs> audibly noticeable. Um, so I apologise for that, but I don't, I don't know why I've got a sore throat, but... The alcohol's certainly going to help with that. Yep. Yeah. Well, I often think, like, so there's there's obviously something wrong with my throat, right? There's bacteria in my throat, so I'll just put alcohol on it. And that'll kill it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely It definitely how that works. won't suppress my immune system. <laughs> That's 100% how that works. Uh, so, yeah, Slaves' New Album, great. Um, um, oh, I've been listening to Sam Fender. There's a song or two by Sam Fender I really like. Um, he's quite new. He was hottest record in the world on Radio 1 on uh, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, mm. this week. The day before the 1975 release, two time, two time, two time. But it was, yeah, he's he really is good. Um, and he's actually at Reading, I saw the other, like yesterday, so that's quite Oh boy. Quite low down, like he's uh, on quite early on one of the days, so it might be worth catching. Um, so the 1975... So they, but they must. They'd already released "Give Yourself a Try" last time we were on the podcast. That's they. They'd already been back, but now we've got. There's been two new songs because I remember the the "Love It If We Made It" came out when we went on the day we saw Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So that, so we've had that, and that's fucking great. Um, the opening lyrics of "fucking in a car, shooting heroin, <laughs> saying controversial things just for the hell of it." I was like, "What's the lyric there?" Um, <laughs> It like is fantastic, and it, that that song's really political as well. Mm. Really political, like uh, very much about Donald Trump a lot at the at the end. Like I think the lyrics are um, immigration liberal kitsch kneeling on a pitch. I moved on her like a bitch. Uh, excited to be indicted. Unrequited house with seven pools. Thank you, Kanye. Very cool. Uh, and it's the thank you, Kanye. Very cool. I'm like, mm. well, that's you know, he fucking tweeted that. Well, and I, I and moved on there like a bitch is a you, quote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, bastard. So, yeah, that's, what's it face bastard? Yeah, bloody. I had a dream about him last night. Actually, did you? I had a dream that I was in a room with him. And you throttled him? No, I didn't. As a as a radical, I'm disappointed in you. Yeah, like I woke up and I was like, "So is that that then? Is that do I know that if I was in a room with him now, I wouldn't punch him in his face because mm. I didn't in the dream?" That is scary. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't know. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's a great <laughs> song. And then on Tuesday they released two time, two time, two time, which is a song. Uh, or as as uh, whoever was standing in Franny Mac put it, <laughs> the breeziest song about infidelity ever. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it, it's fantastic, and it's it's a so bop. The, the lyric is I didn't mean to 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 time you. Uh, hang on, let me let me get the lyric up because it's like the whole chorus lyrics are just fantastic. Um, while you do that, uh, someone that I've been listening to, and it's not new at all. In fact, they're probably pretty pretty old is Aphex Twin mm-hmm. so it's like a 90s electronic um, band 
and he um, he's he's very much like an anti-celebrity, so he starts all these rumours about himself, <laughs> and then refuses to do interviews and things like that. And so he made up a rumour that he like he has a tank, um, <laughs> and that he lives on a submarine. And so he like sets up this cult of like this is what he's doing, and uh, so he, I think he came back in like two thousand and three, uh, and. He didn't have he so he wanted to release this song and he just asked this Irish boy this like six year old Irish boy no he's like he must have been older like ten year old Irish boy uh, with autism to be like can you go out and film you and your mates doing some stuff and that will be my music video and that's it's literally that <laughs> well. And, like, so they interviewed the kids' parents and they were like, oh, we, we were worried that, like, it was going to be dodgy, but we always knew that he really liked Aphex Twins' music and he's just over the moon <laughs> that he's been able to do a music video. That's cool. Like, that just reminds me, have you ever seen the video for The Rock Show with Blink-22? No. Because, they, they, like, it starts with them and they go up to the camera and they're like, the record label just gave us this check for $300,000 to make a music video. So we're going to catch it and have some fun with it. And they just get the money in cash and just do stupid stuff with it. Like, they go to a pet store and buy a bunch of doves and then just let them free. <laughs> and then they, and they fucking they buy a car and then trash it. And they find a homeless man, bundle him into their van, take him and like give him like a full pimp makeover. <laughs> and then take him to a strip club or something. And, and then they just throw a bunch of money off the top of a building and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. They made a good music video, so mm. the money was not wasted, even though that's kind of what they did with it. <laughs> so the lyrics for Two Time, Two Time, Two Time, the chorus ones, uh, I only called her one time, maybe it was two times, don't think it was three times, can't be more than four times, think we need to rewind... You text that boy sometimes. Must be more than three times. Didn't mean to two-time you. Fucking great. I fucking <laughs> love it so much. Um, but yeah, just the didn't mean to two-time you. It's very just, nah, whoopsie. <laughs> so, yeah. The 1975 are back. Their album comes out October. Uh, they haven't got an actual date on it yet. But I'm think thinking it'd probably be like October the 26th. If I had to guess. That's a Friday. Gun to your head, October 26th. If I had to guess. Through all the screaming and the crying and the please don't shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited. So have we exhausted the uh, the music thread? I reckon. Because I... Oh, and the Zac Brown Band. There's a song called Chicken Fried by Zac Brown Band, which is like the most country song you'll ever hear. <laughs> What's it about? Uh, a little bit of chicken fried. Cold beer on a Friday night, <laughs> pair of jeans that fit just right, and a woman that loves me. That's like so. so if you every to, country song. Yeah, like ever. I say, it's like the most country song. I want to get my truck and my beer and my truck and, and my, my jeans. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> my jeans and my woman. So yeah, it's it's a great song. Though. So while I was incapacitated, so I, I just want to roll back on the. So I had a wisdom tooth out because it was like digging into the side of my face. Wisdom tooth, I, I could have probably died. <laughs> if, if antibiotics weren't a thing, I might have died because of my uh, wisdom tooth. But anyway, I had to get it taken out. And normally they say, oh yeah, for the first three days, like the pain goes up and up and up and then it starts to go down. On the third day, third night, it got so bad that the painkillers weren't working. Turns out, I got a thing called dry socket. Every so often, when you get a tooth taken out, you get a thing called dry socket. Instead of the gums covering over the hole that you've just made 
they retreat and your skull is exposed. <laughs> oh, so, oh. so that that's what I had, which was not fun. But it incapacitated me to the point where all I could do is lie down and with an ice pack on my face. And I was watching a lot of Queer Eye. And Queer Eye is a very good thing to watch when you are in a lot of pain because you're seeing these um, these five gay guys, five? Yep. Um, go the, the Fab Five. The Fab Five, yep. yep. Go and uh, find these men whose lives are sort of quite stagnating and uh, they help them out and sort of pimp up their lives and give them a makeover and things like that and they sort out their apartment and things like that, which and is... It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And I think that one of the things that Queer Eye does is take that straight masculine approach of like self-care is for gays type thing mm. and like well why would you try and even look after your emotions you're not a pussy and be like even if you're a you're sort of, you're living in the south and you're a sort of tough bullish man mm. put on some moisturizer mate yeah it's like... I sort of like understand that living in a shithole isn't isn't the way to live and you deserve better than that and i think that yeah. it's a lot of a response to that sort of tos- toxic masculinity mm. is teaching men how to look after themselves i have a skincare routine now and i would put that down to queer eye really yeah i have a skincare routine because you have a skincare routine <laughs> so like I, that it. is also down to queer eye <laughs> yeah i i love having a skincare routine it's so satisfying and mm. like refreshing although i didn't do it this morning so this morning, <laughs> I woke up far too late. Uh, in fact, I woke up just as I to hear Ben's car door closing outside my house. <laughs> um, so yeah. So th- so that is what is good about queer eye. Right? I think it um, it challenges the normal mode of masculinity and says that if you're a man, you can still look after yourself and still have self care. But it... before you go on to the things. Yep. that are wrong with Queer Eye because yep. I know you're about to should we crack open this beer let's crack open this beer this is Moose 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 the animal Moose uh, yeah. with a U with a U yeah as in yeah. the dessert yeah uh, I've read the fierce beers thing before it's a chocolate milk stout velvety and smooth yet yeah, light and easy drinking this chocolate milk stout is chock full of cacao notes I'm so excited for this because fierce beers, they do cartoony beers and it's going to say so chocolatey. No mooses were harmed in the production of this beer. It says. Well, I'm, I'm glad. Actually. Luxurious yet sessionable. I do love a sessionable beer. Pray silence for the crack. Oh, look at that boy. Oh, wow, that smells incredible. What's it like on the Holy nose? Holy shit. Oh, my God. That is so good. Wow. It's just so chocolatey. Mm. It's a good pour as well. Yep, on the nose. Not too creamy, actually, but very, very chocolatey. A lot, yeah, just like some dark chocolate, I'd say. Oh, my God. I could just, I could just sniff that for days. So I'm very excited about this, and I'm going to go in for my first sip. That is, oh my god, that is Mm. the nicest fucking chocolate milk that I've ever had. Oh my god. Because you know me, not a big fan of milk stouts. Not a big fan of milk stouts. Are you converted? 
this is something else. I don't <laughs> think I'm converted. I'm converted for this, this. specifically. Yeah. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really light. Because they're usually heavy, like, mm. really, like... It's really light, but paradoxically, very, very dark in colour. Mm. Like, yeah. blacker than black. So, what the, the problem so that nice. I have with Queer Eye is that to a lot of uh, these men's problems, the, the answer is spend money. Yeah, I was going to say, that's my... That's, like... It's the thing that, watching it, you're like, oh, I'd love to have these lifestyle changes and, like, you know change everything like this but I can't afford to <laughs> mm. so I think that there there is a certain amount of like attitude change if yeah tidy up your house and make sure that you're looking after yourself but a lot of the time they're going into the houses of working class people and being like your life's not very good <laughs> here here let us use this budget that we have to, to improve your life and so I think that although there are some very, very positive aspects to Queer Eye. A lot of it is like, aren't poor people's lives shit? Mm. Let's give this one person a life-changing experience through the amount of money that we can afford to give them. Yeah. But, and then sort of put, put, the thing, put the emphasis on, well, you should just change your life with this non-existent amount of money that you've got. Mm. But I do also think, going back... It does challenge a lot of stereotypes about a, masculinity. A lot, yeah. Especially, yeah, especially about masculinity, which I think is really important. There's too much, so too many problems arise from just stupid ideas of masculinity. Mm. Um, yeah. So. So yeah, that's my. Um, isn't it nice to see them just? It is. It is. To, you know, make an old man's beard nice. Yeah. And give him a haircut and. And Mate. then he, he's proud of himself. And he takes his woman on a, a hot rod show. A car car ride. <laughs> and it's like, you're some old man from the south, aren't you? Supposed to be homophobic. <laughs> but no, he's, you're just lovely. So yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Queer Eye. But I totally, uh, yeah, I totally see and agree. There are you. limits to the amount of, like, look, because... To a certain extent, I'm like, oh, that's cute. In this, in the same way that you see a picture of a kitten, and you're like, that's cute. Mm. Also, that kitten's not doing anything to change the, um, the structural injustices in the world. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the kitten is still cute, and Queer Eye <laughs> is still very good. Is that what you think when you see a cute kitten? You're like, that kitten's not doing anything. To He's not the doing fucking shit, is he? <laughs> Oi, mate. Is that what you see when you see your cats lying there? You're like, <laughs> oh, have you know my cats are very politically motivated. <laughs> my cats aren't even in a fucking union. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. <laughs> um, what else have you been watching? So I've been watching a lot of um, Bojack Horseman. I've got a lot yeah. to say about that as well. Yeah, boy. So um, I've also been binge watching video essayists on um, YouTube and there's a channel called Coffee Break um, which does long form interviews with vi video essayists who sort of dive deep into a topic and then tell you their opinion about it and things like that and there was a, um, a guy on there talking about the problem with irony and saying in the 2000s onwards there was a lot of irony of like Comedy would just be like pointing out that something was shit and then laughing at it. Yeah. Which you you can imagine 
which is a very subversive thing and a useful thing to do. Like when Family Guy says, like, fuck, fuck Bush, fuck this person, mm-hmm. fuck that person. It's like, okay, that you've got a point there. But then the problem with irony is that it then never offers a solution. So you just say, oh, well, it's all meaningless and it's all shit. Mm. And um, I suppose, like, maybe I'll just not do anything about it because there's nothing we can do because there's no solution. Yeah. Whereas, going back to BoJack Horseman, BoJack Horseman offers a solution. So BoJack is the cynical, ironic character. And in in many ways, like a cartoon, like most cartoons, like a lot of um, subversive cartoons, he is very cynical and very nihilistic and thinks that like family values are shit and uh, th- there's no real meaning to be gained in anything. And that serves him really fucking badly. Mm. Like it, throughout all of the series, he's always searching for some deeper meaning and he gets closer to it and closer to it. And then that cynical, ironic side of him comes out and then he just finds out that he's unhappy again. Mm-hmm. Just wait until you get to series four. <laughs> so I'm I'm only on halfway through season three. I mean season three, season three fucked me up. Mm. If you're halfway through, that just carry on. Carry the worst is yet to come. I'm afraid. Oh no! <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, BoJack is an incredible show. I've been rewatching it lately as well. Mm. But I'm still on like the I'm still on the second series of my rewatch. So it's kind of like still kind of fun. And it's quite funny because the, the the best thing about Bojack is about Bojack is the writing. Like mm. it's so fantastically written. Like Hollywood celebrities, do they know? Th- what do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. JD JD Salinger's game show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> JD Salinger's not dead. Um, it's it's just and then all of, there's so many times where they say like the name of something and it like a celebrity doing something and it's like a massive tongue twister and they just flow through it and they just say it all like easy like that like there's no like, tom cruise bruce cruise with news yeah literally and it's like there's so much stuff like that like all the time and they just like breeze through it all and fucking vincent adultman is a <laughs> great character because Bojack is the only one that sees that he's three ch- three children in a in a trench, trench coat. coat, and then eventually it just makes you go, "Is it three children in a trench coat, <laughs> or is it just a natural person?" That you're like, "Yeah, what a show!" <laughs> and it does remind you a lot of like adulthood when he says, "Oh yeah, so what do you work in? Business." <laughs> I did a business today. <laughs> Would you like an alcohol? <laughs> and I think that like a lot of the shallow com- shallow interactions that you have with people when you can't quite get through the surface, a lot of people do just say, what do you work in? Business. Business. <laughs> mm. Who's your favourite character in Bojack? I think probably... Um, well, I, I know what one your favourite character is. Yeah. So... I'm not going to choose that one because that is my favourite character. Well, then that's fine if it is. No, but I want it, I want it to be more interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, so I, I do... I really like the... Um, uh, what is he? Is the agent. Uh, not the agent, the um, the tortoise. Oh, yeah. Who's the uh, Lenny publisher. Tur- Turtle Tub. Yeah. No, he's he's the producer for the film. Producer, yeah. The publisher is uh, Pinky Penguin. From Penguin. Oh yeah, Pinky Penguin. That that's the guy that I love. <laughs> Voiced by Pat Oswalt. Love Pat Oswalt. Pat I don't Oswalt know who is that is. 
Uh, he, you know him if you saw him. He voiced Remy in Rat- in Ratatouille, for example. Right. Um, he's done a so lot. So looks like a rat. No, no. Not, not not even in the slightest. He's a he's a comedian. He's fantastic. He's been in literally a shitload of things. Um, hang on, let me just get him up for you. Patton Oswalt is that guy. Oh yes, I know. Yeah, I know. Um, but he does a lot of voice acting for a lot of cartoons and stuff. Um, and like literally, I'll be watching a cartoon. And I'm like, oh, it's Patton Oswalt, <laughs> and it's great because I love Patton Oswalt. Also, watch his stand up comedy on Netflix. He has two specials on Netflix. And they're hilarious. And the second one is actually quite tragic. Because, mm. like, it's a stand-up comedy special. But then he also talks about, like, his wife dying. And, oh, like, yes, I remember you talking about Yeah, that. and it's really quite sad. Because she died, like, quite suddenly, I think. And, like, he does this whole bit about how the day his wife died was the second worst day of his life. Because the worst day of his life was the day after when he had to tell his daughter. Mm. And, I'm like, and it gets really emotional. Uh, and then it's sort of back into the comedy. And it's like it's done really well and it's really powerful and it's it's really really good. He's and he's hilarious, really is. Oh, he also has a show called uh, AP Bio with um, uh, Glenn Hatherton, who plays Dennis in um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. So they've done one series now, and I think they've got a second one to come. Also, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia season thirteen is out in like two weeks, mm. uh, September the. F- Third, I think it is. I've no idea, but I know it's soon. Yeah, that's two weeks on Monday. I think it is. And when's the the new series of The Good Place coming out? Because that's pretty soon. Twenty seventh of September. Yeah. So it's still not soon enough for my liking, mm. but uh, but yeah, that's oh, so excited for that. It's going to be a very good place to be. It is <laughs> indeed. <laughs> I'm very. I'm just excited to. I might rewatch it all, but that's what I'm doing with BoJack Horseman at the moment because BoJack Horseman season five comes out. Uh, September the 14th, which is also my birthday. Well, I think one of the underrating, th- underrated things of uh, BoJack Horseman is the animal jokes that just happen. Oh, so many. Like, um, Mr. Peanut Butter, he has just portraits of tennis balls yep. <laughs> <laughs> in, in his house. And, um, like, sometimes the post comes and he's just, like... Whenever the doorbell goes, like, his ears prick up. And stuff yeah. Like that. yeah. And, and he... he um, Di- like his uh, partner Diane is like oh yeah the the mailman brought this and he's like I fucking hate him <laughs> like, the ma- yeah and he keeps getting like arrested for uh, or he keeps getting like given like tickets by the police because he starts like speeding after a mail van in his car because he's like chasing the mailman um, yeah there's so many good animal jokes uh, um, I'm trying to think like oh and also have you seen the uh, you've seen the abortion episode by now, right? Oh, no, I don't think I have. Have you not? Oh, yes, yes, I have. Yeah. With Diane. Yeah. yeah, so there's a whole... Spoilers, lads, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but there's well, there's a whole episode about abortion. It's really poignant and quite powerful, mm. like, social commentary about, like, abortion laws and stuff. And, like... Uh, I've forgotten my point. <laughs> I've forgotten my entire point. Because well, the, the, there's a scene in it where... Um, because Diane is pregnant with um, Mr. Peanut Butter's puppies. puppies. And so... Oh, and the doctor's like, oh, before you uh, do this, you have to watch, watch this. Watch 20 hours of puppies, puppies on playing YouTube. together or something, yeah. It's like, and that's, like, not an over, not mm. really that much of an over-exaggeration about, like... They they really make you go through some shit if you want an abortion in America. I think, yeah. So. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm. Ridiculous. Just... 
Like, I, saw, I saw a joke about abortion the other day. <laughs> oh no, this is, this is where our podcast gets cancelled. <laughs> it just really made me laugh. It was just, it was like, I I don't like uh, I don't like the idea of abortion. I mean, I've got nothing wrong. There's, there's nothing wrong in my mind about killing babies. It's just women having choices that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably sums up a lot of conservative thought. Literally, yeah. It's like, oh, you you're pro life, so the uh, the unborn babies matter more than the children in your schools. <laughs> uh, I saw a tweet the other day that was um, a doctor handing me a, handing me my baby. Uh, sorry, your wife didn't make it. <laughs> Hands baby back. I want the one that my wife made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really cracked me up. Oh, I showed that to my dad and he was like, that is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Which it is. But also very funny. Very clever. Yeah. Oh. Um, are you watching anything else? Is it my turn? No, no, I think it's your turn. <laughs> so... Watched... That's enough of my Marxist critique for now. <laughs> I've been watching so many things. Um, so there's a brand new uh, Netflix original cartoon called Cupcake and Dino, which oh I've heard of that is fucking great. Like it's very if you liked Adventure Time, you're gonna like it. Like it's very much that kind of thing. It's a kids' cartoon, but it has a lot of appeal for adults. Mm. Um, so it's not like a Rick and Morty. Like there's no, it's not. Like an adult. It's not an adult cartoon. Mm. It's a it's a kids' cartoon. But, like, the humour and style and stuff, it, there's a lot of appeal for mm. adults, I think. Like, very much in the same way as Adventure Time and Regular Show and uh, Gravity Falls and stuff like that. That makes me very excited because um, I don't have enough time to go back and watch all of the Spongebob episodes. But I know that there are so many jokes in there that I just didn't get. Yeah. Like, I, I, that you just take at face value and then you realise when you're, like, in the shower or something, you think about Spongebob you're like... Oh shit! That was a really clever pun. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my like one of the things about SpongeBob that I never get out of my head is just how many times we have to cheat you this lesson, old man. <laughs> <laughs> just let the townspeople just beat up this old man. <laughs> and the uh, the pioneers used to ride these babies for miles. <laughs> Krusty Krab pizza. Is a pizza. pizza. You and me. Okay, all right, we got some singing Spongebob songs. But Spongebob is great. we get a content flag. Yeah. <laughs> Spongebob is a national treasure. International treasure, I should say. It's a generational treasure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cupcake and Dino. And it has the world's catchiest theme song ever. Like, I was watching it for the first time and I was like, oh my God, this theme <laughs> song is incredible. It's so good. Um, so yeah, watch Cupcake and Dino. Um, so what's it about? It's about, so it's called Cupcake and Dino General Services. So there's, it's this dinosaur and it's Cupcake and they're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and they run a general services business. And a general services business is literally whatever job needs doing, they'll do it. <laughs> it's literally general services is, is their fucking business. And it's, I, that, that as an idea is fucking great. Uh, and so, yeah, they'll do anything from cle clearing rats out of a shop to... Uh, filling in a sinkhole to uh, another episode lots of which yeah. <laughs> um, but it's got like a old like kind of a classic cartoon format so like like the old Spongebob format where mm. 
each 20 minute episode is split into two episodes kind of thing so it's like two 10 minute episodes in right one. so um which i quite like as well but no it is it's it's fucking great and their the, their cousin hugo is a treasure he's <laughs> he's so cute so what 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 what's so cute about him he's just so their cousin hugo is like a a, a guy is yeah. a person but he's like he organizes their general services gigs for them but he's just so cute <laughs> like it's just he really is um and there's a character who's like a little bit of an antagonist called sneaky stan and he's he's just incredibly sneaky and then like <laughs> they're talking about him and then he just pops out of nowhere and they're like oh god he's really he's really sneaky <laughs> and it's just really funny like yeah just go and watch cupcake and diner honestly it, it's great um well as i've been watching yeah so we're watching bojack uh, and I'm still just on a continuous, never-ending rewatch of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> just always and forever. I'll never stop watching it. Um, uh, what else? Um... <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to just hum. Uh, I'm trying to think. I've been watching so much fucking shit. Um, oh, I watched a film the other night called Mr. Right. Mm. with uh, Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. And it was silly. Uh, it was a really silly film. He's a hit... He, he's like an ex-hitman. And they, like, fall in love. And then it, 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 it's... Yeah. It was cheesy and silly and fun and funny. So it was mm. it was an entertaining watch. Um, watch that and... Have you watched uh, Orange is the New Black, the new mm, series? I haven't watched any of it. So... I think we spoke... Did we speak about this last time? I don't. I think that we've spoken about it one to one, but not on the podcast. Oh, okay. Um, and so the new series is harrowing, absolutely harrowing. Ooh, blimey! Like the ending of it is no spoilers. Yeah, but the ending of it is one of the most powerful things I've seen on TV. Have you seen Breaking Bad? I have. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> that's always like, my, that's always my point of reference when everyone says that. I'm but, like, have you seen the Ozzy Mandias episode of Breaking Bad? <laughs> but Breaking Bad doesn't make a point, whereas Orange Is the New Black does. Yeah. And so, oh my god, it was it was like being punched in the face. Don't blame me. So I would definitely recommend watching it, but also don't binge watch it like I did because I just like <laughs> I was like everything's fucked, <laughs> nothing matters, we're all gonna die anyway. <laughs> Because, uh, oh my god. It's really, really interesting. Um, so I was watching a uh, YouTuber called Philosophy Tube. Mm-hmm. And he is really, really good. And he does a... Um, he did a series about solitary confinement. And what does solitar- solitary confinement mean to you? Mm-hmm. And how you think of yourself as sort of some separate being from other people. And then you go and interact with other people. And then you go and be yourself. But actually, when you're in solitary confinement and you can't interact with anyone else, you go crazy. And so maybe it's because that you form part of a network. You're, you can never really exist on your own. Right, okay. Um, and so there was testimonies, for really, really powerful testimonies from people who'd spent like nine months in solitary confinement. And uh, like the reason why people do dirty protests, like take literally take their shit and mm. smear it on the wall is so that they can have an interaction with the person that comes in and cleans their cell. Mm. And it's like, that is so powerful that your your need to connect to other people mm. is so so vicious, I suppose. And it's like, it's, it's 
it's a need in, akin to food and water. Like, yeah. If you can't get it, then you, you begin to waste away. So I think that Orange is the New Black has a lot to say. Uh, and that is one of those things of like solitary confinement is torture. Yeah. Absolute torture. open watching <laughs> what uh, other kids cartoon have you been watching that doesn't make a fucking point or change the structural injustices in the UK well, I watched all or in the, the world I watched all those efforts, efforts for family that's very good it was very good yeah you need to finish it like the ending of series 2 is fantastic it really is um, but yeah so I've been watching that uh, I've been trying to catch up with Better Call Saul um, Better Call Saul is the spin-off of uh, Breaking Bad Um uh, Ben's just gone to the toilet. I thought he was going to get another beer, but I just had the bathroom door closed. <laughs> That's weak. That's weak from Ben today. Usually he goes like over an hour before needing to pee. We've only had two beers. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> he's left his bank card. Shall I read out his bank his his card number? No, I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, Beck Hustle, the spinoff of Breaking Bad. Um, it's really good. It's like a lawyer show essentially. Um, but obviously there's still those sort of connections with Breaking Bad in it, and you've got characters from Breaking Bad in it as well. Uh, and you, you can see the sort of decline. So, so it starts with uh, Saul Goodman as Jimmy McGill, like what his real name was, and like sort of goes through his time being... Like an actual trying to be an actual lawyer and stuff, and slowly shows his decline into um, what he becomes. But it's not quite there yet. But I'm yeah, I'm trying to catch up. The season four has just come out, but I'm still on series three. So I'm on series three. But um, yeah, uh, the other beers in the fridge, Ben, not the freezer. <laughs> but yeah, so that's been good. Um, ben, have you ever watched Better Call Saul? I have, and it is fantastic. The cinematography in that, and the way that they shoot it, is beautiful. Mm. It, just as Breaking Bad was. Yep. And so, I mean, I'm a, I'm a massively bad person, but I couldn't find out how to watch the episodes. So the first episode of Better Call Saul shot entirely in black and white, right? The first like five minutes. The first five minutes, yeah. And I, I kept trying to find a stream that wasn't black and white. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is so weird. Why are all the streams black and white? Yeah, because that's really because the beginning of the first episode, and they come back. <clears throat> Sorry, they come back to it a lot. Is so like in Breaking Bad, when things start to go south. I'm not going to say much more on that in case you haven't watched Breaking Bad. But he says like, oh, maybe I'll just go and be a manager in a Cinnabon somewhere or something. Mm. And like Better Call Saul opens like set after Breaking Bad of him as a manager in a Cinnabon. Mm. And it's like it's just it's just fantastic, I think. And then that's why that bit's in black and white because it's like post Breaking Bad and then it goes back to before. So is the reason why you're watching Better Call Saul because there's a new series about to be out? The new series is out. Oh shit! Yeah. Why am I doing this fucking podcast? <laughs> you should be watching it. So I I never fully caught up. So I'm only on. I'm, I've just started series three. Oh my god, the ending of series three. I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, because that's the thing. Like I always loved it, and then I'd always fall behind on it and stuff like that. So I've just finished series two. I'm on series three now, um, and I'm very like because the new series out. I was like, oh, want to catch up and want to get back on it. I th- find the thing with Better Call Saul is that it's so good that it's almost rich. Like, yeah. you you watch it, and then you want to savour it so much that you're just like, 
I never watch it. That's the and thing. And then cause... I can never, I can never finish it because yeah. I've never watched it. I've done that with Love. You remember Love? Mm. That's that's a show that I still have two episodes left of because <laughs> I never finished it because I was just like, oh, I want to save that for like the, the right moment when mm. I watch that. And I'm an idiot because I haven't finished it, and I love that show. I think that that is a good lesson for life as well. When you're like, uh, yeah, I sort of this would make me happy, and I would like to do this, but I'll do it later. Mm. No, do it now. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, Beckles all like it is fantastic. Like it's quite, sl- it's quite a slow burner. Mm. Like people always say that about the early seasons of Breaking Bad, and I feel like this never gets fast paced, but it's fantastic at the same time. Mm. Um, and it's like I was just saying just now while you're in the toilet, it's a lawyer show, mm. really. But they've got like you got you got side plots and you've got old characters from Breaking Bad like Mike, mm. Mike's Mike's story arc and it's fantastic. Um. So, yeah, Better Call Saul. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a very controversial opinion to be like, Better Call Saul is a good programme. Yeah, I guess so, which is weird. I, I, I was being sarcastic. Oh. It's, it's not a controversial opinion. So I just, is it? I feel like a lot of people shit on it. Oh, do they? Yeah. I mean, there's, you, I feel I, like... I will take my shirt off and fight people. It's kind of like Marmite, I think. Mm. Like, people, because people that watch it say it's fantastic. People that watched some of it and gave up don't think it's fantastic. True. I can understand why you would not like the slow pace, but that's what it is. Mm. The slow pace is what it is. Yeah. It's like saying I don't like spicy food and complaining when you go to an Indian. It's mm. like, <laughs> yeah. what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's just that you're, you don't take your fallibility as a person and put that onto Indian food, right? <laughs> oh, also, I watched... Um, so, Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. Great show. We've spoken about it before. The podcast, I think. Sorry, before before you finish that, should I crack open yes. the uh, Wild River Pacific Pale Ale? Does it have a story? Uh, does it have a story? No. Oh, it's a slight story. Roaringly refreshing pale ale with zesty hops and a dry finish. That's not a story, that's just what it is. <laughs> <laughs> just a description. But um, it's good enough for me, and I'm going to say it in the style of the Lord's Prayer. No, I'm not. <laughs> Pray silence for the crack. <laughs> Too late now. Hope you're fucking silent, listeners. <laughs> I'm coming across quite angry today. I don't know what's going on. This? You just because you... Well, I think it's so. Me and Brian we're just about to go and see a charity boxing match with our friends involved. Yeah, so we gotta get fired up. So yeah, I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to channel their energy to make sure that they beat someone up for money. <laughs> but that money's going to charity, so. It's, it's ethically okay. I think I can still smell too much of the chocolate milk. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should have cleaned them out. Yeah, maybe. Oh, well. Cheers. Oh, it tastes nice, though. Yeah, very dry. Oh, 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 that's what I've been missing. I haven't been drinking, like, ales much. Hail mm. specifically. Over the summer, because I don't know when it's hot. I don't want a beer that's around room temperature. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, when it's hot, I want, like, a, I'll... A cold lager or something, you know, or a cider. I have cider sometimes. <sighs> I don't know how you feel about cider, but like a Reading, I'll be drinking cider because, mm. like, room temperature to warm cider is better than room temperature to warm lager. Yeah, I I disagree respectfully. That's because you just don't like cider. Yeah, I just don't like cider. Um, um, gone off apple juice. But yeah, sorry. N.C. Bourdain's parts unknown. Mm-hmm. His London episode. Uh, it's in series eight, I think. It takes place just after the Brexit vote, and it's a really good. It's about food, but it's the whole episode is really good 
is a really good portrait of like post Brexit tensions in this country. Like speaking to he as he speaks to people. And and the episode is very it's very anti Brexit essentially. It's very like so this has just happened and no one is happy about it. Mm. And it's like at the time a lot of people were happy about it. And now it's getting to the point where it's like, well, no one's really happy about it. Yeah. Now. Only, that... only, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you think this is a personal attack on you. I mean, if you feel that way, it probably is. But only, fu- <laughs> only fucking idiots think that Brexit is a good thing now. It's, so. it's interesting because it's like, it's like an egg and it's either boiled too hard or too soft, but no, <laughs> no one agrees that it's the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a very good thing. <laughs> hard or soft, or or the the, uh, the most likely scenario, a no deal egg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is the hardest of eggs. <laughs> the hardest egg ever. Um, oh, don't even get me started on that. But that's all fucking. Mess. <laughs> uh, history will remember, and will judge, <laughs> and that is all I will say. Uh, there's this uh, Stuart Lee uh, clip that I saw. Um, from his new tour and he was saying oh um, they they wanted me to write some jokes about Brexit and see I didn't know I wrote this show like a year ago and I didn't know if Brexit would still be a thing so I I, you know I didn't write any jokes about Brexit because I didn't know like there was no point for me to do something that I had no financial incentive to do that would probably make me worse off in the long run. <laughs> so I just didn't write any jokes about Brexit. <laughs> oh, I love comedy. <laughs> Stuart Lee especially is just so... like. I like Stuart Lee, but I've never watched any of his stand-up. It, it, it's, it's funny because... I imagine, like, because I would quite like to get into stand-up, but, mm. uh, and I probably need to take my own advice and just fucking do it. Yeah. Um, but his character, who doesn't care at all, and is just like, yeah, I'm just here just telling some fucking jokes, and it, like, fuck off. I don't, I don't like you or, like, as the audience. I really wish that you weren't here, yeah. and I'm really pissed off. How do you cultivate that as a character? Because the first time I go on stage, I'm going to be like, Please love me. Yeah. <laughs> Please love me. Well, I guess that's that's it. You've got to decide where you're going with it straight. Yeah, what off. your character is. And if you you could get up there your first time and you could be nonchalant and not care. Mm. But that's a funny thing. As long thing. as you're playing the character, yeah. yeah. That's it. You, you make a character out of it. You know, Lee Nelson's a character. Mm. Fucking Keith Lemon's a character. Yeah. You know. Jack D. Yeah. I love oh, Jack, Jack D. Oh, Jack D, yeah. That's, <laughs> Jack D is the most nonchalant of them all. It's just <laughs> like, in fact, he's like angry at the audience mm. more than anything. If you've ever listened to um, I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, which is a very posh thing to say. It's a, a Radio 4 comedy. Um, and so they act out like parlour games. So it's <laughs> so like, you. it's like um, you do sound charades. And so you try and make other people guess what you're talking about using words. And he goes, well, it w- would have been good if you could have actually tried on that one. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's like the the concept of it is a panel show that he just fucking hates everyone on. Is it? Let's meet the tea. Uh, like, um, oh yeah, in 1922, something washed up on the coast of Bournemouth, 
and da 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 da, and then they elected it mayor, and da, da, da. but that's enough about the teams. We're in Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's good to be back. So I think as well, like it's maybe just good to get used to longer breaks between the podcast as, mm. I'm, as I'm moving away. Yeah, with you going to Lincoln, we're gonna try. We are gonna make the effort, but there will be times where it won't be doable. I mm. guess so, but uh, we will. We will try. We will try our best. Yeah, because I love this podcast. Mm. I, I really do as well. I'm quite excited as well to be up in Lincoln because I, I haven't spent that much time in Lincoln ever. I think it's great. Have you ever been there for the football? I feel like I might have been, but. I'm pretty sure we lost, so I wasn't very happy about it. Yeah, that's usually what happens when I go there for the football. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. Mm. <laughs> um, I've seen as well what I've seen recently. I saw Ant Man and the Wasp the other day. Yeah, I like. I'm just so done with those films. Yeah, like I watched Ant Man I... and the Wasp, and it was there was no. It was good because there was no like um there was no like big bad villain. Like there was like an there was a couple of different antagonists and stuff, but it was like the thing with the Ant-Man films is they're kind of heist films rather than superhero films. Mm. Um and Paul Rudd is really funny. So that's the thing they they I do funny. love me a heist. Yeah. Do you love me a heist? Have you seen the first Ant-Man? I have not. Go watch it and just tell me what you think. Because mm. like there aren't really any those put that extra bit of effort in and it works kind of moments mm. in the in, in the Ant Man films. Um Yeah. They're good. Good films. Um but yeah, this one like How easy do you find it to detach him from who he was in Friends? Because I feel like if I watched it he'd just be the guy from Friends. I saw Paul Rudd in a lot of other things before I ever uh, saw the episode yeah. of Friends, so I was alright. I'm alright. Like, I think the first thing I remember seeing Paul Rudd in, and it mm, it was either, was it Role Models or was it I Love You Man? It was one of the two of them. Also, Role Models, what a fucking film. What a fucking film. I haven't seen Role Models. Oh my god, right, okay, so it's, it's like big budget American comedy, and it's mm. Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott, uh, and um, Christopher Mintz Plass when he's, like, still quite young. And they... So, Paul... <clears throat> sorry, Paul Rudd and uh, Sean William Scott play these guys that have... Uh, like, they're doing, like, community service, so they're doing this, like, Big Brother program kind of thing uh, where they, like, sort of... But, like, hang out with a kid... Right. ...being, like, a role model for them. Mm. And, uh, and it's just... It is so well written and just like fucking hilarious. Like I, I used to love it when I was like fifteen, mm. and then I rewatched it like a year ago, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot how actually really <laughs> funny this film is. Um, like there's just a bit, and they're on a camping trip, and they wake up, and one of them's like just naked, laying on the floor because they got like really drunk the night before, and they're there, and then there's one guy standing there, and goes, classic case of guy on the ground. It <laughs> <laughs> just really just cracks me up. Um, so yeah, role models. You need to watch role models. It's I, on, ju- I need to watch like all that. the fucking films, dude. I'm behind on everything. But no, role, <laughs> role models is great. Uh, and I love you, man, as well. Have you seen that? Nope. Oh man, 
I love you, man. It's great. It's um, Paul Rudd and um, Jason Siegel, the guy who plays Marshall in How I Met Your Mother. Yes, that might be him. Yeah, I'll Google him. But um, yeah, and it's like so. I love you, man. It, he's Paul Rudd's character has just proposed to his girlfriend. They're going to get married, and then he's. It like, is Jason Siegel. Can confirm. Yeah, and then he realizes that. He doesn't really have any friends. He's like, who the fuck's going to be my best man? And then, so the film is like, it's like a rom-com of him trying to find a best friend. <laughs> and it's really, it's really funny. That's a really it? nice concept. Yeah. I love that. Um, and Rashida Jones plays his fiance as well. Mm. I really like her. Um, so, I love you, man. And and go watch the film as well. Hmm. <laughs> 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 But yeah, uh, and I watched The Incredibles 2 as well, which was also very enjoyable. Wait, how much of a kid's film is it? Like, it's kind of really, it like it is, but I would say the people that would enjoy it most are the adults that watch the first one. Because what I hate is those people that are like, Step aside, children. Mm. We've waited 15 years for this film. We're going to see it before you because you don't deserve to because you were born later. Fuck you. Get out of my way. And I'm like, fuck off. There's yeah. a fucking kid's film, you twat. Like, just go and just, just let people enjoy things. Mm. Jesus. Sorry, I'm done. I ran over. <laughs> but it was, it, yeah, mm. it was, it was very, um, very good and definitely... If you liked the first one when you were younger, you'll love this one now. Mm. So, actually, on the topic of people being quite elitist about things, I've I've been listening to uh, Natalie Haynes stands up for the classics, mm-hmm. which is um, essentially a classics nerd getting really really excited about all these historical figures. <laughs> right. Okay. And it sounds really really inaccessible, but the first episode in the new series is about Phryne. Who, um, someone painted her for the Greek goddess of love. <laughs> and so it's just about a lot of people trying to get off with Phryne. <laughs> and so her entire life was like going to dinners, people falling in love with her, <laughs> and then like her being like, I, I'm like a human being, please. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the one of the, one of the statues that was made of Phryne, um, is of Aphrodite. There we go, I remembered her name. Um, and <laughs> there was a man who paid money to spend a night with the statue. <laughs> and so then they had to like hose off the statue. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so w- within like, um, romantic poet circles, like your 18th century poet is like, you wouldn't call someone your Aphrodite, you call her- them your Phryne, which is like a really like, oh, I'm very educated and I know who Phryne is. <laughs> right, okay. So now you know who Phryne is and you can call people out for being a fucking dickhead listener. <laughs> but um, yeah, just the way that she does a deep dive on, these are people from ancient times and it's funny because there's, there's such a temptation to be like, we are the generation that discovered comedy or we are the generation that discovered X or Y or I'm the first person to fall in love. Like I feel like a lot of people are very 
like, and I include myself in this definition, like, we're very, very easy to think, like, well, I'm unique. Mm-hmm. There's no one in the history of the world been like me. Yeah. And then you listen, you, like, read some of the Greek poetry or, like, the Roman poetry, and you're like, everyone's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. There's no point trying to be an individual. Just try and be nice. Yeah. Well, this is our last beer, isn't it? It is our last beer, it's yeah. exciting. You have three today. Mm. We've tanked through it. Yeah, we have. Um... It's, yeah, it's only we're only an hour and ten, mm. but I'm not against. Not a short one, short and quick. Yeah, I'm not against that. Um, but I mean, I feel like we've still got those. Oh, we went to see fucking Fiddler. We did go and see Fiddler. That's the first time I've ever been in a mosh pit, and it was amazing. I'm so proud. I loved it <laughs> so much. I can't wait for Ready. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for Ready. That's why I'm going to Slaves and Not Kings of Leon yeah. because Slaves will be a better. So I mean. Yeah, if I thought that slaves would go off like that in the crowd, then I would maybe go and choose slaves. But like, I saw slaves before, and there's there's two different types of mosh pits. Mm. There's mosh pits with like the kids that go to punk gigs and like rock gigs and stuff like that, and then there's indie kids. Mm. And the indie kid mosh pits are fucking atrocious. <laughs> and they're so annoying. I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what, I, what's wrong with indie kid mosh pits? They just, like... I did just... So when I went to see Kasabian, mm. slaves were supporting. Mm. And we were like, fuck yeah, and we like got down the front. And then like the mosh pit was just kind of like really pathetic like I don't know how to explain it I don't know how to explain the difference I I think that there is a certain level of patheticness that you have to be to be an indie kid (laughs) I suppose yeah (laughs) and I'm allowed to say that because I'm an indie kid (laughs) yeah I feel like I'm sort of I'm very much there now like as well Mm. so um because yeah you're you're not dyeing your hair if you're an indie kid you're just sort of Mm. You're wearing, chilling out. Wearing green skinny jeans and... <laughs> <laughs> ben is currently wearing green skinny jeans, which is uh, the, the name of the joke. And there. suede shoes. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, so if I thought that the that slaves would go off... Like, like a load of punk kids. Yeah, which it should, because they're a punk band. Mm. Then I would go, but... Um, I'm excited. Yeah, and I, I'm jealous. Like, I'm faith. sad that I'm not going to go and watch them. But as well, at the same time, Kings of Leon on the main stage, closing out the festival, is going to be something mm. special, I reckon. So, um, like, just just seeing you somebody is going to be one of those, like, moments, I think. You know, just like a perfect moment. Mm. I feel, anyway. Watch me be too drunk and like <laughs> yeah, not get to it. Throwing up while they while they play it. <laughs> you know that like somebody. <laughs> no, to be fair, I've never thrown up at, at Reading before, and I've been really drunk at Reading mm. before. So oh, that's quite impressive. Yeah. Because so. you've been too drunk at Reading before. Yeah, definitely. Whereas I like if I get too drunk, I'm I'm sick. Mm. It's just like that. Yeah. No. Um, so um, yeah, I should be alright. I think it helps being outside, like. In, like, the cold air kind of mm. thing. So, it should be alright. Um, it's not even cold air, just fresh air, you know. 
Speaking of, if any of our listeners are going to Reading, hit us up on the social media. Yeah, come say hi. We do a fan meet up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty pound for an autograph. Fan meet up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But also, I will buy you a drink if you say you listen to the podcast. So. Yeah, take that up on that. Yep. Also, Dan, this doesn't apply to you. No, I'm not buying. This applies to none of the people we are going with. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, Dan's sort of an honorary. He is, yeah. He's got to buy me a drink because I listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny because yeah, Dan kept um because we haven't done one in so long. Dan's like, can you please do another one because it looks really bad on me if the last one that you did was I was in. Like, no one cares. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah. Reading is going to be great. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you are going and want to say hi, come just just send us a message and yep. we'll say hi. Because we all are, always love meeting new people. We do. That's a big thing. Mm. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm out of things to say. We were like, we're going to have we to make us. sure that we keep this to an hour and a half because we've got so much to talk about. Mm. And now we're kind of talking about everything. Spoken about everything. Talking. Talking about, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just so glad to be back. I think that that's a, what's taking up a lot of my time, a lot of my brain space. Is like, I'm just, it's so nice to do, do the podcast. Yeah, again. it's nice to be sat here drinking the beers and mm. doing the podcast and spending time with you guys. Yeah, and spending time with you. Oh, I'm rubbing his back. Oh, I think you can maybe hear it. <laughs> Trying to start a fire. <laughs> But no, like I, I haven't really seen you much lately. No, like it's been weird. It's difficult to be social when you're in so much pain. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I, I really found like because within my job, I like I see uh, and listen to a lot of disabled people talk about their experience of life, and a lot of people are living with chronic pain. Mm. I'm like, fucking hell! I can deal with it for a week. Yeah. How on earth are you strong enough as a person to keep living your life despite being in so much pain? So it really gave me an admiration for just anyone living with a chronic condition because I just get pissed off. Mm. You know, if I have a cough for too long, I get pissed off. So let alone not being able to <laughs> sleep at night. Yeah, you know, God, like yeah. So you're, you're all God's, God's gift if you deal with a chronic condition. Indeed. Sorry to bring that down on a low <laughs> note. Oh, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. So but, uh, there you go. That's nice, nice way to ease you back into the podcast. The shortest episode of the podcast we've ever done. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. We did do our first one was an hour and ten, wasn't it? Mm. So, so it's a, it's a retro episode. Yeah, yeah, the retro episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, sorry we've been away. We we are not stopping this. This isn't mm. this isn't ending anytime soon. Even if they are, even if they end up being sporadic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will be doing this for the f- very much foreseeable future mm-hmm. unless one of us dies or moves to another country or something but or has another fucking wisdom tooth out <laughs> indeed um did you tell you told the story about the wisdom tooth didn't yeah you? i did the dry socket and you came over and you're like oh that's disgusting i should have given a trigger warning because that that's pretty disgusting it's pretty fucking grim yeah but who cares hey <laughs> um we will see you uh hopefully in two weeks on the, mm. I can I can probably do the second of September if you yeah can. so let's do it stick it in our calendars 
mm-hmm. and stick it in your calendars because we'll be back. Stick it in your calendars, love. Wants to get right in your calendar. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is late night alternative twats. <laughs> late night. Welcome to mellow twats. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been great spending time with you, and I love you. Too much. Too much. Too much. <laughs> like usually you say it, and that's fine. But that was sensual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm aroused. I'm too aroused. Mm. So. so while I go and deal with that situation... <laughs> You're not dealing with that situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see you, or you'll hear from us in two weeks. So but Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.